gestating the curious minds involves adult themes and situations. Just a warning. Welcome to Gestating the Curious Mind, where we... <laughs> do, you, do you fuck up already? I fucked up already. <laughs> Go on, I'm not editing this. Where we dance to the delightfully devious diegesis of perversity. Diegesis? <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> I vaguely know what that word is, but I'm too scared to say it out loud. I... Don't, I wrote this. I have no memory of it. <laughs> I've never heard that word in my life. Are you drinking again? <laughs> we are your entertainers, Glenn and Gertie Nuzzles. <laughs> Allow us to shine a light on the process of creation for the most splendiferous fiction genre, paranormal smut. Cute. Just for the listeners, the reason why Gertie seems a little off is because we've been doing some very serious planning. Ugh. And uh, it stressed her out, <laughs> so now she's not in a good mood anymore. <laughs> I stressed myself out. We were dancing to a song we were making fun know, of. We, we were, were having, having a great so much time, fun. and all of a sudden everything went south and got real dark. Took it to, I hyper focused on something, and it just took me down a rabbit hole. Yeah, where I'm sitting in a dark room, scrolling through options. A dark room? Oh, the living room. Yeah. You hate that I love natural light. I really like light. <laughs> I like lamps. I like overhead lights. I like fairy lights. The sun hasn't gone down yet, so the lights don't automatically turn on. This the, is the, the kind of house you chose to live in. Down. No, it's still there. It's seven thirty-nine. It's probably turned on upstairs right now. Probably. We're just not up there to appreciate it. This is the life Stuck you chose. In the basement. You chose this life. This is your own damn fault. Anything else from the intro? No, episode right. two. Episode two. <laughs> so we rolled in the last episode to. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> you better in. not edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in. <laughs> she likes it when I burp and I go bad, 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 bad. While I do it, so I sound like a dog barking or growling. <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's fun for her. So we uh, in the last episode we rolled to construct the story of the characters, protagonist, antagonist, the environment, the time, blah 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 blah. And you so, know the story. Yeah, the, the story. story. <laughs> but now we got to start creating our. Are we going to try and do the overall, just general idea of the story? No, we're and just going to just do chapter one and chapter one only. Yeah, we're so we're pretty well set. Uh, we have all the parts, mm -hmm. and we came up with a rough concept. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to start it on off, and we're going to see where it takes us. We're going to go on this journey, dude. <laughs> So we're going to do sort of the Taoist approach. We're just going to wing it from chapter to chapter and see if a story kind of constructs itself. And about midway through, mm -hmm. it'll fall into place the same way it did last last oh, time. Okay. I can't remember how we did it last time. If we sat and thought of the actual s general story arc I, in the first chapter or not. No, but. we kind of had rough outlines of what we wanted. Well, let's go over what we rolled for really quickly. The protagonist, the driving factor, is to live a life of crime. The fault, and we made the protagonist uh, female this time. Yep, her so, name is Smithy. There we go. Bethany so, Smith, but we call her Smithy. Smithy's fault uh, smells like wet eggs. The antagonist is a person, place, or thing. It's a bar. And Tom York. It says Tom York, but he's a rabbi. Tom, so Tom York, York of Radiohead. Of Radiohead runs yep. the bar, runs the which bar. is called the Twirling Lady Hangout. That's right. Um, the setting, Christmas 2021, place, a haunted mountaintop. 
so that's where the bar is at. Conflict, internal, obsession with vintage Hot Topic clothing. So then the side characters, the heist members, are High Maintenance, Mateo Gibbs. The hedonist is Charles Ridgway, and Sporty Spice is Lucretia <laughs> York. <laughs> so, and then we actually did watch Spice World. We did watch Spice World. Yeah. We were going to record after we watched Spice World, and then what happened? We got too tired, or it was too late in the night. Too late in the night, and then uh, Audrey came down and was demanding oh, to yeah. talk about our trip to France coming up in the spring. And so I even said multiple times, uh, so we're going to record a podcast. She's like, yeah, yeah, I know, but okay, we should probably go here <laughs> and here. And so but like, I okay. want to go to Versailles. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> but we did watch Spice World. We did watch Spice World. Actually, all the kids came down towards the end of Spice World yeah, we to watch some of it. Watch we all the sat on the together. couch. It was pretty funny. It's a fantastic movie. Mm. I do like that it starts out because you said this is a, a movie you watched when you were very young and it was very uh, kind of an influence on you. Is the f- opening scenes are just them talking about uh, astrology and horoscope stuff. <laughs> and like, oh, this explains you immensely. <laughs> Plus, they live on a bus. That's it's sort of like the Doctor Who, where the bus is normal size, but then when they get inside, it's gigantic, like an apartment. It's just hilarious. Yeah. And that was probably your fantasy, too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Where they have all the cool things that they could possibly want. Like an indoor swing set. Absolutely unapologetically feminine. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's a great movie. I kept pointing out things like they had a fish tank in there, and I was thinking, when they're not in the bus, it's just sitting in a garage and all the lights are off, which means these fish are just swimming in pure darkness <laughs> <laughs> for, like, weeks on end. Right? How did they get those fish out? What do they do with them? They never see the light of day because they never have a window open on this bus. No. It's just dark There are no there. windows. Yes. It's all painted over with the, the British <laughs> the flag. flag of the British flag, yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Did I ever tell you one of the movies that I obsessively watched as a kid? Because I had like five VHS tapes that I would just cycle through, Mm -hmm. right? And one of them was a bike safety movie. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like an an informative? Kind of, but they had, like it was scripted and it was, there was a story, but there was also information about bike safety. Like the whole thing was this bike safety class basically. And I would just watch it. That's hilarious. I would just watch it for fun. (laughs) There's like how many times? Hundreds of times or just a handful of times? Certainly more than uh, once, which is all you really need to yeah. absorb that kind of information. Uh, but it was it was one of my videotapes. So <laughs> I want to watch something. Let me watch this bike safety. And it was to. super early 90s. Oh, sure. Oh, my God. I used to uh, skip classes in college because I was just feeling like I just want to have comfort television, uh, go home. You know, wrap myself up in a blanket. I don't know why I'm feeling fussy. And I felt that way more often than you'd think. And so I would skip class, go all the way home, and watch Wishbone on PBS. <laughs> and man, that was, and I'd get high and I'd watch Wishbone, <laughs> curled up in a blanket, just like sipping on coffee or whatever. That's and I was adorable. just so damn happy. I watched it again. I remember the show being like, it's an oasis. It's always like this weird little small town sort of vibe going on, like quirky little neighbors. Everything's cutesy cute. They have little gardens and cute little backyards and stuff. And then um, it's always like for some reason like sunset going on. So there's like shadows and warm light. And I'm like, oh, this is an oasis. This little dog's running around. Boy, he's got big imagination. He's reading <laughs> books and he's having fantasies and daydreams about him. And all the actors that are playing the parts of like Frankenstein's monster. But 
the Dr. Frankenstein is actually just the dog wishbone. But these <laughs> actors are 100% all in, like no embarrassment, just all in. And Acting to this dog. Totally. And I was just like, God, this show is amazing. I watch it again as an adult uh, on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, it's very good. It's because I was high. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my oh, thing. The lens of childhood and inebriation. I know. So, okay, we're getting into chapter one. So what I'm thinking, so Tom York and Sporty Spice, Melanie C., are both British. Uh-huh. But I don't think this should be set in England because we've already established it's in Georgia. Yeah, everything's happening in this one Yeah, so for some part. reason we have two Brits, right? Because we're making, Sp- uh, no, we're making her Luc- Lucretia York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's no reason why it can't be. He could be tired of the fame he has around the world, but... Uh, maybe Radiohead's not such a big deal in America as it once was, so he can actually own a bar out here. And people in Georgia, the small town of Georgia, won't really know it's him. He's just just got a weird eye. He's like, he's a bartender with a weird eye. (laughs) That kind of thing. He's got his own private jet. He can come down here anytime he wants and just unwind at his own private bar. That sounds perfect. And then is Lucretia related to him? What was our story with that? I think we were going to make her... His daughter. Heist all Ocean's Eleven. Maybe a heist on a bar. So we are definitely doing that. Uh, protagonist ends up being a demon. That's right. Because she smells like eggs. She smells like eggs. So she doesn't know she's a demon at this point. Like she's going to discover she's a demon halfway through the story. And then that's when they can successfully pull off the heist. <laughs> <laughs> don't give away all the twists and turns. We're just at the beginning. Um, no, that's I, I don't know. I think if we're going to be thinking up a story and recording ourselves doing it, we're going to have to give away the twists and turns. <laughs> so it's just whoever winds up buying this book later <laughs> or downloading it hopefully for free from somewhere. So we've decided that Mateo Gibbs is going to be reprising his role um, mm-hmm. because Hattie kicked him out of the forested tip. At some point in the past. So we're basically we've decided all the stories we write is just the time jumping back and forth journey to cull together Mateo Gibbs' life. <laughs> so it's like, this is far in the future of Mateo Gibbs has been on his yeah. own for... Well, it's 2021. Yeah, it's been on his own forever. And uh, also, as a side note, our our book, Baddie for Hattie, is now officially on every platform. I checked. <laughs> we're on Apple Books That's and so Barnes & Noble. We're at Barnes & Noble? <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I know. And the annoying thing is on all of those, you can get the book for free, which is what I wanted originally. But on Amazon, you have to like have a minimum of 99 cents. It's so stupid. Yeah. So don't go buy our book. Go no, get it for just, free from anywhere else. Yeah. And listen to listen to us read it, maybe. That's fine. Yeah. Listen to us. I haven't done that. Don't part give yet. us money. We don't want your money. No, we don't want our money. Um, Let's jump right in. Let's go to chapter one. I mean, okay. So what are we going to open up with? So we need to establish Smithy. So Smithy, we've decided uh, she's angsty. She has this idea of herself as a criminal. Mm -hmm. Uh, She wants to have a lair at the twirling lady, and they won't let her. And she also loves vintage Hot Topic clothing, bondage pants. Right. Okay, let's stop there. One, why we should maybe not wait to do a lot of writing on it, but we should give some sort of little factoids about why she wants to live a life of crime. Is it that she smells like eggs and no one likes her? So that's basically <laughs> the reason why she eventually becomes all about hot topic clothing. Like, you know, she's going to lash out and She whatever. feels alienated. Yeah, and she gets kind of rebellious. So I get that part. 
But why does she want to live a life of crime? Does she spend time trying to get involved in her church to make friends, but they even reject her? And then she's like, fine, I'm going to embrace the darkness of, like, I'm going to steal this bubble gum or something. I don't know. Like, what would be the reason why she specifically wants a life of crime? I think we should reveal that maybe later in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, during a tense moment, maybe where she's being vulnerable with another one of her team members. Okay. And you get a little bit more of a peek at her. Because I feel like in Batty for Hattie, we really laid out John Smith, Pem- John Stith Pemberton's <laughs> backstory all at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we should play it a little closer sure. to the vest this Let's time. Let's spread it out like peanut butter. <laughs> to the Let's edges, it, dude. To the edges, dude. Lay it on thick in the center. <laughs> Make a peanut butter hump. Um, okay. Well, we can save it for later. Oh, here comes a cat. Great. The loudest one, too. Um, we can lay it out. And the dirtiest one. Like, he's going to go jump in there. I don't know. At some point, we should make some bullet points so we know what we're working towards. As a, We could drop little hints or something, but we don't have to write this second. But also, it would be great if one of these team members... Every heist has different people that play roles, and one of them is always the contortionist. So we should make maybe the Sporty Spice one be the yes. contortionist. So she winds up getting locked in a small, tight box with the contortionist. <laughs> and they have to spend like six hours there, and that's when they open up to each other or something, and they can tell their backstories. Absolutely. So we have uh, a couple of our characters. I would love a scene where she's uh, amassing her team. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like that's classic. So maybe we should start off with, uh, we need we need to build the world, right? We need to set the scene without it maybe being too heavy-handed. You know what's so funny is uh, this whole time we've been talking about it, I can't stop thinking about Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. that terrible zombie movie that came out last year oh, with uh, Dave Bautista. Oh, really? Because it's a zombie heist movie. Oh, that's right. So once right. we started talking about heists, I can't. I, like I, I'm like, how did that movie start? Oh, right, the zombie invasion. I think you um, told me and Audrey about it on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, and then Audrey <laughs> on her own watch it later because you were just like, it's not good, but it's it's worth watching because it's just not something you'd ever see in the world. It's wild. And uh, then Audrey watched like, yeah, it's just not good. It's not good. <laughs> but it's, it is so ridiculous. It's a truly heist bad, movie. but yeah. it's also truly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's not the point here. I feel like. I like the assembling the team because that is, I don't know, I don't want to dive too, like, I don't want to follow a rule of heist movie tropes, but one of them could be maybe she talks to York's daughter and they decide that they're going to try to do a heist on this place. Well, you know, whatever. Like, this is down the road, like chapter two or three or something, whatever. Um, And so they decide they're going to, like, pull together this heist and they're like, you know who we need. And then that's when she'll say, like, Mateo Gibbs. And then that's when they cut to him and he's... Who knows what? Like, he's in a pool hall like we talked about last time. Yeah. Or, or he's just, like, like living in a shack where he's drinking too much and he's got, like, stubble, like, facial hair. <laughs> he's he's, he's like, hanging out outside of a convenience store, just harassing the people that go in and out. And we can set up, like, little rules in this universe for the next however many books that Mateo Gibbs always playing a part where he'll be like, I knew you guys would be back. So if we ever do one in the 1990s or 2000s yeah. that he can, like... <laughs> They're infants, and they're like, you're my favorite. And he's like, I'll see you again someday. <laughs> like, he just had these ridiculous tie-ins. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to start it. So we definitely want a chapter with them assembling a team. We want them to get into a tough situation where they become vulnerable and share their stories. Maybe for chapter one, 
instead of describing her, because we're going to be spelling her out or, you know, dropping information about her as the book goes on, um, maybe we just have her at the at the point at the bar where she decides, I got to do something about this. I need to. What's the heist? The heist is to steal money from the bar, what or are to they like stealing. Or is it because you said in your description that she wants to have use the the staff won't let them use it as a layer. So is her heist to be that they want to build a secret underground room or something? Like what's what's the heist? It's because they won't let them use it as a layer. What does that mean? I forget why we put that in there. Uh, I think we were just tying that in because she wants to be a criminal. Yeah. But I think that it's more of like a, a personal thing for Smithy, whereas she feels rejected. She's been rejected repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Tom York, it's just the straw that broke the camel's back <laughs> and she wants revenge. Yeah. So it could be something entirely petty and ridiculous. Maybe we, we make it that they, the twirling lady, <clears throat> uh, maybe the namesake is some trinket that they have on on display. <gasps> okay. I do like that idea. So I'm not trying to poo-poo that or talk over it. I just suddenly hit me. What if his bar is like, it's Georgia. So deep in the southern portion of Georgia. Is there a bayou in Georgia? I don't know. No, that's no. more Louisiana. That's yeah, Louisiana. I think. Damn it. Some sort of deep wood situation where he's got this like really big trailer that he's turned into a bar. So all the locals that live out in these deep woods come out here. So you're stealing the she bar. She wants to steal the bar. Literally steal the bar. So it can be her layer. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. Is it? Thank you. I think we should do that. Plus Tom York investing in a trailer as a bar, which is illegal to begin with, but he just loves the thrill. Like, yeah. Oh, they ever catch my bar. And we should never have her realize that she's Tom York from Radiohead. We can have someone on the side be like, I recognize you. Didn't I like see you in the 90s doing something? He's like, nope. <laughs> he goes and like, wipes wasn't dishes me. back. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. I'm a rabbi. <laughs> I'm, a rabbi. <laughs> I'm not a musician. <laughs> I'm a rabbi with a bar in this secluded woods in Georgia. <laughs> I never explained the rabbi thing no. either. It's just part of his... It's just fine. And we, <clears throat> we don't even have to explain that he's a rabbi. We can just have him like kiss the mezuzah. <laughs> <laughs> as he's opening it up in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, he's got like a really tacky like menorah neon light thing that goes in the window that he always when he's opening up the store it's just these things he's flipping on and it, the people in Southern It's set in Christmas. It's set at Christmas. That's right. It could be Hanukkah. It could be it Hanukkah, could be Hanukkah, Hanukkah heist. Yeah. The Hanukkah. We just get the title of the book right here. <laughs> Hanukkah heist. <laughs> oh my god. That'll be our working title. I love Hanukkah heist. That's hilarious. This is be perfect. So she wants to literally <laughs> steal the bar. She wants to steal the bar and Tom York has been we can tie in him having his own conflict of having to maybe leave or something and then at the end he leaves at the bar. Whatever the resolution is, we'll figure it out, but he might just have to take off the yarmulke and everyone's like, "Whoa." I recognize you. <laughs> I'm like I'm Tom York from Radiohead. Like never he heard. Takes of off his yarmulke and suddenly everyone recognizes him. <laughs> yeah. And maybe like a pair of glasses. Yeah. Or something. A la Clark Kent. Yeah. So let's open with Smithy brooding at a bar. Okay. There you go. So she stinks like eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's sitting around her. There's a radius of clear. But the bar is so small because it's a literal trailer. Yeah. That Tom York is like, you really got to go. <laughs> You're chasing away the five people that ever come here. 
on a regular basis. Because again, it's illegal, it's secluded, there's no advertising. She can have this uh, stand where she's trying to stand her ground and be tough. Do we want Tom York to know Krav Maga? It's Israeli martial arts. What does he do without actually crippling her? Uh, I would imagine that we'll have a mild fight scene where uh, Smithy will try to act tougher than she is because she wants so badly to be a criminal. Yeah. So maybe she talks like a 40s gangster. Sure. Like, now listen here, see? <laughs> or maybe, since we don't... Oh, if I have to read this out loud, then that would be a different story. She could do the 40s gangster, or she could do your, your classic, like, overly Italian-Italian mobster thing. Oh, maybe we should go Jersey mobster. There right, what you know. Did you, Have you ever uh, read or internalized any part of My Immortal, the fanfic? I have, I don't believe I've ever read it. I've heard about it a million times. I know it's so horribly written. Ben and I were going to maybe read it for the show, but then Ben's like, we can't. It's just so badly written that it is. reading it out loud is just painful. No, it's, <clears throat> unless you're doing a dramatic reading, it's really hard. Yeah. The problem is uh, I read fan fiction, you know, from like 2004 to probably 2008 or nine Or 2019, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a lot of it was like that. Yeah. That it's only iconic because uh it's it's a reflection of the culture. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe we just make Smithy super fucking cringy. Okay. Like she's always talking about her vintage hot topic clothing mm-hmm. and her, you know, eyeliner and black lipstick. <laughs> yeah. She thinks she's super cutting edge and she's just emotionally immature. Yeah. You're gonna have to drive all of that. I, I mean, I have a rough idea, but I, it's like you know the details that other people that might read it would understand. Like, this person lived that life. <laughs> so maybe she pulls her necklace dagger on him because she thinks she's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tom York knows Krav Maga. <laughs> 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 so we'll write a little fight scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kicks her out of the trailer. And then she... Okay, so we are writing this chapter, so what would be a detail of a fight scene? I want him to do something really, like, degrading to her, to her style. Like, rip one of the giant heels off of her boots or something. Or knocks her down oh. with, the, like, the, the bottom, the like, the six-inch-long rubber heel just winds up, like, breaking off or something. So she's got to hobble away. Yeah. I don't know, something better than that. I mean, you're not supposed to squat in platforms because you can tear the sole right off the shoe. Oh, really? You can tear the platform off the shoe. Well, there you go. So she could hobble away. Okay. Yeah, maybe he doesn't really, like, beat her up. He just does a really sweet roundhouse kick over her head, and she squats, and then it destroys her shoe. Right, or he, like, dodges barely. Mm, There you go. And she goes flying. Uh, Where does she hobble off to in shame? That's the thing. We haven't really defined where her home is because didn't we say that this, it's going to be a haunted, wooded, deep woods, mountaintop situation? Isn't that what the environment is? Or does she live on one? It is a haunted hilltop. Haunted, yeah, mountaintop. But it it could still be a rural town Mm -hmm. in the haunted mountaintop. So maybe she hobbles off to 7-Eleven. Okay. For a, do we have 7-Elevens out here? Yeah. Okay. So she hobbles off to 7-Eleven for, like, nachos or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Mateo Gibbs is maybe hanging out there and makes fun of her. Like, he just spends his time heckling because he has nothing else to do. That's true. I do... We do... The day that she decides to make him part of the team, we do have to find a hilarious environment of where he lives now. Yeah. Either that it's amazingly cool or it's super, like, sad and pathetic or something. But, yeah, he can definitely be here trying to still be better than people and make fun of her and stuff. So, yeah. We There has to be a reason why... When Lucretia, whoever, says we need Mateo, mm-hmm. that they're both like, ugh. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to have some kind of introduction to him or else that won't be anything. Is Lucretia maybe her best friend or roommate? Yeah, they should be best. F- they could be roommates. Okay, so one, when she goes into 7-Eleven... The person behind the counter is just, like, annoyed because this ghost has been there being, like, making fun of the guy behind the counter, like, when are you going to go back to college? That kind of thing. And then he's got a plate full of ghost chips that he keeps trying to put hot cheese on, but it just goes through the ghost chips and lands all over the table. And he's like, God damn it, Mateo, get out of there. I got to clean that up again. He's like, if you go to college, we don't have to clean this up. <laughs> you don't even have a, a trade. <laughs> I was a leather maker. Service isn't a trade. I used to be a leather maker. <laughs> and tell, I think you can tell the story again until that one day that this beautiful woman walked in. Right. And I had to juggle purses to impress her. <laughs> he tells the same story in every book. <laughs> oh, we just keep getting flashbacks. Yeah. Um, oh. But then also, what's that? What? Why are you staring at me like that? What's going on? Oh, you're freaking me out. Um, it's probably something we could maybe save for a future book, but it would be adorable if that woman's ghost mm. gave him closure. Only when we're done doing the podcast. Yeah. Then they can float off into some uh, ghostly abyss together holding hands. But Cute. nope, that'll be it. That's our last book. Until we'll now, done. Mateo has to suffer. Until then. Uh, so Lucretia York... Is it too much, or would it be good if maybe our protagonist is in the Hot Topic clothing and Lucretia York is really holding on to the 90s uh, because her dad, like, lived this great life, but now the dad has dragged her to this, like, shitty environment that is not involving sweet jets and famous people and nice clothes and everything. So now she's stuck out there, so she's holding on to the glory days, so she's really into Twilight. And so they call their their apartment that they live in Forks. <laughs> That's brilliant. Is that okay? Well, yeah, especially since Smithy is obsessed with hot topic. Uh, hot topic mm-hmm. that wraps right in with vampires. So then they become friends that way, but. Uh, Smithy doesn't know why Lucretia's so hooked on the 90s because that's back when she got to live like the rich person's lifestyle. She loves Harry Potter and that was big in England where she lived with her dad back when he was like embracing fame. Oh, that's true. And then, uh, then yeah, so their apartment, when we describe going back to their apartment, it's just going to have to be every embarrassing thing we can think of from Twilight and and uh, Hot Topic all mixed into one. We can absolutely do that. So Lucretia is, uh, isn't telling Smithy that it's her dad. Yeah. I don't know why yet, but yeah. We'll find out. Especially, maybe she hints at, like, he's not really a 
a good practicing Jill. <laughs> like she's not really getting to the rock star part, but she's trying to hint at like he's not he's really a bad Jew. He's not really a rabbi. Yeah, exactly. He, as like, far as rabbis go, he's pretty loosey goosey. <laughs> he doesn't go to synagogue. But he always wears his kippah, <laughs> and he never puts his menorah away. Like, I get it now, it's Hanukkah season, but, <laughs> but outside of that, the menorah's always out, and it's just... Sun bleach. It's lip service, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's lip service. <laughs> it's tarnishing. Yeah. Uh, so every time... Oh, hmm. uh, maybe every time uh, Smithy gets... A little emotional. She puts off an extra puff of egg smell. <laughs> like they keep attributing certain things happening to the egg smell. Like she takes off her boots and Lucretia's is like, "Oh, your feet smell like eggs." <laughs> when in reality, it's just all of her. Oh, so the people around her haven't figured out that it's not just a coincidental exactly. conglomeration of things. It's just she smells like eggs in general. Okay. Okay. All right, so she runs into 7-Eleven. Oh, God, he's going to... Oh, that got everywhere. Did it? Oh, oh, Gertie's got a cat that's got feline AIDS, and he's blowing boogers everywhere. (laughs) It's getting all over the place. Let's take a break to uh, wipe off the computer and stuff. Did it hit your computer? Yeah, it got all over the place. Okay, we cleaned up the cat snot. (laughs) <laughs> and it was everywhere. It somehow lobbed over my computer screen and landed on my keyboard and stuff. So that was pretty amazing. Oh, that's it. You got the worst of it. Yeah, it was it pretty bad. wasn't that bad over here. It's amazing what he's able to do with that snout. That's what you get with feline AIDS. You bring a woman with feline AIDS into your house. What are you going to do? I can't do anything about it. No. So, uh, to go over it, since we probably don't know where we left off, uh, 7-Eleven, Mateo Gibbs is being an asshole. Sure. Goes back to her apartment. Does she run into, uh, what's her name? Lucretia. Tom, Lucretia York. Maybe she runs into... Does in- she work at the 7-Eleven, maybe? Maybe, maybe Mateo's went- heckling both of them. There you go. I'm getting Juno vibes, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so there, she stops there specifically to get you Lucretia York, and then Lucretia York says, let's go back to Forks, and then they go back to their apartment. And then we can describe how embarrassing their apartment is. It's full of all that 2000 stuff. Twilight memorabilia. And a ton of stuff you'd find at Hot Topic. Just posters of Pantera. Anime. Anime. Linkin Park. Anime was a big one. Yeah, anime was huge. If they are, if their nostalgic period was the early 2000s, if that's mm-hmm. what we're agreeing on. Sure. Um, Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, a lot of Invader Zim stuff. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, A lot of... Do you remember... Was Powerpuff Girls a thing for that that, that little genre? Probably not, right? Um, it, it, I'm sure it had some crossover I was because like an Hot Topic thing. would take like something cutesy. Yeah. And then I guess people would wear it ironically or, or not. They might have just genuinely liked it. Uh, it. At one point, Hot Topic was owned by The Gap. Was it really? Yeah, they're, they were selling anything to make money, so it really doesn't make a difference. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what is cool or uncool? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you so, remember? Hmm. I think it was called the Happy Tree Friends or Happy Tree Pals, oh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was so like cheesy. The super gruesome, gory. Yeah, but, but they're like cute cutesy. little animals. Yeah, they're friendly so as they're getting killed. That's very early two thousands. I had a um, guy 
for my birthday, give me a DVD of Happy Tree Friends or whatever. And I watched you were it. Like, like thirty. I know. And I was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life." Yeah. <laughs> it was like I get what they're doing, but it, it's like funny for five seconds. I'm not going to watch two hours of this. No, it's mm-hmm. way too much of it. Yeah. But they would, <clears throat> um, like they would have them with inappropriate turns of phrase or whatever, just mm-hmm. on a shirt or on a poster, like, uh, you know. Uh, like I have a heart on for you. It would say oh, heart. Ha. <laughs> you know that it meant heart on. You know what I don't think Hot Topics ever thought of that we could bring to them. Okay, so Calvin and Hobbes have never marketed any of their stuff. <laughs> no stuffed animals, no T-shirts, no posters, no nothing. Yeah. Because the artist was like, I don't want to be like Garfield. I'm not selling myself out. I just want people to read the stuff I wrote, and then that's all they can associate with it. But nothing stopped people from having Calvin piss on Ford symbols. Uh, piss on Toyota symbols. That's true. What if we make a t-shirt where, uh, I don't know, he's pissing on Invader Zim or something. That is brilliant. We'll go to Hot Topic. We're going to sell these things. They're going to sell like hot cakes, dude. Okay. Calvin (laughs) pissing on... (gasps) Is that their business venture? Invader Zim. I'm joking. Let us do it. Should we make that? that, That's their idea that's going to bust them out of this life of... Ah, Christ. In Twilight, the werewolf boy. You pick Team Edward and Team... Uh, oh, Jacob. Yeah. Oh, pissing maybe it's Jacob. pissing on Jacob. <laughs> maybe instead of trying to sell that, she's just wearing a shirt with Calvin <laughs> pissing on Jacob. <laughs> That's unironically hilarious, and I would wear it. Would you wear that? <laughs> I would absolutely wear that just because it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, but so you're right, because she's sporty, so maybe she's got her own dreams, and her dreams are something involving just general fitness. Does she just want to, like, own her own gym? Does she want to work at Lifetime Fitness? What does she want to do? They can have this conversation in their apartment, and then it can kind of, like, lead to their discussion of the next chapter. Yeah, so maybe they're talking about their futures. There you go. And Lucretia's like, well, all I've ever really been good at is sports, but I don't know what I want to be. And then Smithy's like, yeah, all I've ever wanted to be is... Tough. I want to be a tough criminal. <laughs> I want to be someone's uh, Bonnie to their Clyde. Oh, that's adorable. Okay, on the side, why would she not tell her best friend that her dad is a famous 90s and early 2000s rock star? Um, that we can explain later or hint at later. Well, she's hyper competitive, so maybe she just wants to make it on her own rather than having someone else's influence. Okay, sure. There you go. Sure, sure. She must be known for her own thing. Okay. Um, so she's got daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Smithy's just mad because he, she feels like he's the only tangible thing standing between her and her life of crime that she wants so badly. Okay. <clears throat> How does that sound for her first chapter? Good first chapter. One last thing. We have... Oh, the cat's back. We have um, <clears throat> Lucretia is got daddy issues. Uh, you would think at some point um, that they would kind of exchange parent stories. Like, well, yeah, my dad sucks too kind of thing. Do we have anything for her dad? Like, does, 
did they disown her because she smells like eggs? Like, she's not, there's no dad involved question. here. It's not that everyone's parents have to be around all the time in these stories, but it's just kind of like, in this conversation, you're like, yeah, my parents suck too. I had to leave the home or something because of whatever. There might be, have to be something there. Um, should or they we... both died in a horrible plane accident. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just out of the picture, not an issue. Yeah, I had to go on with the rest dead. of my life smelling like eggs and I had to figure it out myself or something. But these parents are straight up dead. It has to be something ridiculous. Like, she'll get done saying, like, yeah, my dad doesn't understand me. I'm really competitive. And he's a really well-known rabbi. <laughs> and I don't want to get out from under his shadow. Like, well, yeah. we have a couple of different options. A lot of the paranormal smut that I read, the parents are super controlling. Okay. And then the uh, protagonist is just about to turn 18 or something like that. Mm. But they're being super controlling because they don't want her to find out that she's actually a werewolf. That's true. She is a demon. She is a demon. Later, so, so maybe they don't want her to find out she's a demon. So they're trying to, they're overly religious and controlling. So should we have the parents a little more involved? Not in chapter one, but later on. Should, we, should they be a little more involved in this story, trying to prevent her from finding, like trying to keep her from a life of crime that she's driven to because she's actually a demon? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to go with it. What do you think? Okay, so that means like chapter two, three, four, five, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna have to um, have them do stuff. Like as soon as she's getting ready to do some sort of crime not related to this bar, the parents are like, "We brought you an Easter basket." I don't know. Like, what would they? I don't know. Well, it's not an Easter basket. It's Hanukkah season. The they, antagonist oh, is the maybe bar. they're trying to plan plan. Well, uh, right. Let's just have him die in a plane, like something over They're the top dead. where she's like, my, my dad is a controlling rabbi who is a very successful rabbi known all around the world. And I want to get out from underneath this rabbi's shadow. <laughs> uh, people still think of this rabbi in their free time. They really like this rabbi. And then she was like, yeah, well, my parents both died in a plane accident in 1998, which also could be tied to when she got into her hot topic thing. That could be a thing where she's like, before they got on the plane, there was a hot topic at the airport they took me to. And they bought these sweet boots. <laughs> and ever since then, I hold on to hot topic, and also I'm rebelling with it. Right. We could tie it in that way. Yeah. That way her parents could never let her know you're actually a demon. So she's like a, a ruffian that doesn't understand. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Something along those lines? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should just end it where... Yeah. Just there. Yeah. Sounds good. So we'll write it. At the bar, gets in a fight with Tom York. Yeah. Who knows whatever that Cross is. Maga. Yep. <laughs> he does something, like not punching her in the face, but something where she, you know, is hobbled with her boot and, uh, you know, her ego is bruised. Walks to 7-Eleven. Mateo Gibbs is there making fun of Lucretia and uh, doing whatever gags. Then they go back to Forks, their apartment. Yeah. Sounds good. Talk about parents a little bit. And that's the end of the chapter. Perfect. Okay, done. Now we actually got to write this. Let's write it, dude. I know. You're a better writer than I am. You should take over. We'll write it together. All right, fine. <laughs> I probably am not going to be the best at... Uh, what is their age, by the way? Are they middle-aged? <laughs> are they like 35 or something? 38 years old? How old are these two? That's really funny, actually. Yeah, how old are they? They could be older. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not going to be the best at middle-aged teen conversations complaining about parents. Middle-aged teen? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs>
So we'll have to figure that part out. Well, okay. So it looks like we just got our chapter one. Usually by the time you're in your mid-30s, you're more grappling with your parents aging than anything else. um, More than you are about rebelling. Rebelling against your parents is teens, early 20s. By 30, you've just accepted the fact that your parents are also people who are just as flawed as you are. And it's less about whatever character flaws they have Mm. and more about, um, you know, where the trajectory is hurtling towards, which is (laughs) death. (laughs) I think it would be funny if we can, in the writing, somehow strike a balance between realizing that, that your parents are just people, that they're aging, that you're also aging, you're making a connection with them as middle-aged people when you were growing up kind of thing. Like, there's all that, but at the same time, also trying to make a desperate effort to still think like a teenager and complain about teenager things. I don't know how we're going to pull that off, but it would be hilarious if they're clinging on to, like, oh my god, this lip gloss sucks. Yeah. But also, my dad's head is prostate checked and it's not looking good. (laughs) That's fantastic. How are we going to pull that off? I don't know. but It would be funny if we can pull off that in a conversation at the end of chapter one. I love that. I think you'd be better at that than I would. You are definitely a better writer that way for sure. You totally could pull that off. We can work on it together, but I think you're going to wind up leading. Let's see what we can do. Okay. Well, all right. That's chapter one. We're all done. Yeah, come back next time for us to dramatically read it, or rather, Glenn is going to dramatically read chapter one, and then we'll brainstorm chapter two. Am I going to have to do like a middle-aged teen voice? Well, what does that mean? Yeah, give me your best middle-aged teen voice. Okay, give me a line that someone who's middle-aged is trying desperately to hold on to be a teenager. What would they say? Would they complain about a Linkin Park re-release that just wasn't what they were expecting? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Or they'd be like, I can't believe they're selling t-shirts, Linkin Park t-shirts, to people who weren't even alive when they were in their heyday. (laughs) I don't know if I can do that. Ah, yeah. I can't believe they're selling Lincoln Park teachers. People that weren't even alive in their heyday. That's the best I've got. I can't do like a feminine you voice. Just It'll have, just seem weird if I tried. You just have Glenn voice. Yeah. It's just high-pitched version of Glenn voice. I love Glenn voice. Okay, we're done here. Well, with that. Look uh, how handsome you are. Okay, you're done. Thanks for listening. Uh, and uh, we'll see you not next week. It's going to be a bi-weekly thing. At, at least until, you know, at least on. for the next few weeks, yeah, we, we got, got a lot, lot going on. on. So we'll, we'll see you when we see you. <laughs> we got a lot of planning happening. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of antagonizing over uh, piano covers of early 2000s techno to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Can we get a piano <laughs> cover of tonight's going to be a good night? <laughs> That is no. That's the thing is that an hour and a half ago, mm-hmm. I was absolutely all in my head, completely fucked up about needing yeah. a cover mm-hmm. of uh, an early two thousands techno song. How ridiculous is that? What would that be? Around the world. That's late nineties. Uh, Can yeah. we do around the world as a piano sure, version? I fucking love that song. There we go. Or um, that's like ninety nine or technologic. Technologic. It's technologic. Bend it, break it, something, 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 something. Now unbreak it. Da 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 da
Especially when they have to go to the buffet. <laughs> it's just a piano version of the most obnoxious Daft Punk song that ever existed. Oh, God. I think it'd be funny if when they're getting up, or people are being seated. I think people can probably put pieces together now listening to this. But when people are getting seated, it could be tonight's going to be a good night. <laughs> but it's like the house lights are on. Yeah. And it's just like stark and weird. You're like, I got a feeling. <laughs> and everyone's like slowly sitting down, <laughs> like trying to get their kids to stop running around. You're like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the music cues. What is happening here? We really need to... Uh, find a way to either teleport to the front or to be dropped down from the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, just in general? Yeah. During that? When people are being seated? No, they're seated and then we just appear. Oh. You know, we could have a hype man. Ladies and gentlemen, the people you've been waiting for all night, like that kind of thing, like a voice over the PA, and then just all of a sudden smoke starts filling the front. Just a ton of smoke and like, like flashing a WWE. lights. WWE. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden we're there and we're so sweaty. <laughs> Just drenched in sweat. We need, okay, we're gonna, we'll call Emmett after this. <laughs> we got some ideas. <laughs> we have ideas, and it, your Google Doc does not cover what we're imagining. <laughs> the nuances. The nuances, dude. <laughs> uh, I love the. I uh, need your input. <laughs> I love the the main song that we picked, which is the Arthur from the movie Arthur, his theme song. <laughs> the I best know. you can do. <laughs> the best you can do. <laughs> That's our main song. (laughs) To which we will do an interpretive dance. (laughs) Kind of an interpretive dance, yeah. We can't release this until... What if Kim listens to it? Kim, don't listen. Stop right now. Okay, well, that seems good enough. With that, uh, this is going to be a bi-weekly thing because we're a couple of real, real busy kids. And so uh, we will be back later where we read this in the horrible voice of uh, two middle-aged teenagers. Uh, and uh, then, yeah, tune in then. You gonna say goodbye or something? Bye. Don't just stare at me like that. Okay, bye. <laughs> Want to contact us? Don't. This isn't about you. But if you have to, my email is glenn.nuzzles, N-U-Z-Z-L-E-S, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, at House Nuzzle. Uh, but don't bother us, because we're too busy working. <laughs>